Welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- it's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. This song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyric ever. It's like stuffing the sock in your pants and you got nothing else to tell me. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. All right, guys, we are back with another Audible Ecstasy podcast. This week, it's my pick, Iced Earth, Something Wicked This Way Comes. Been rocking this one this week. I know it's a challenge for you too because I know you guys don't like this type of music. And I do, Jimmy. I look yeah, forward to sure hearing what far. you guys say about this. But uh, we're going to rock and roll this thing. Y'all ready to get this thing started? Yes, I'm ready. It's, just want to say it's nice to have you back, Jimmy. I'm glad you're feeling better this week. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, thank God it wasn't COVID. Yeah. Hey, you got a catchphrase today or are you just going to? Who, me? Yeah. I can't. I was trying to think. I said this. I was about to say this is the coming curse for. You know, but I was like, that is. No, it is definitely going to be a coming curse. (laughs) (laughs) Or something wicked this way comes the Audible Ecstasy podcast. I don't know, maybe something like that, but (laughs) that's the best I can do. (laughs) All right, boys, let's get this going. Track number one, it's called Burning Times. Chris, can we have a listen? Boys, this right here is, I know you guys aren't familiar with them, but uh, this is a pretty much an epic opener. This riff is memorable, although the solo isn't blazingly fast, it is melodic. The vocals are excellent, fit the pace of this music perfectly. This is power thrash at its finest hour. It's a 10 in Iced Earth Land. Who wants to go next? Am I up next? Yeah, Anthony, go ahead, brother. Well, uh, yeah, I wrote, uh, I love the heavy drums and loud guitars. Um, so good. Vocals are outstanding. Matt Barlow has some serious metal pipes. The song itself rocks from start to finish. Great guitar solo. And I gave it a 10 too, Jimmy, because when I did my research on this one, um, number one all-time in concert form. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 396 times, number one. That's how I determined some of my iconic songs by looking at what their concert plays were and if it's number one all time in concert, then it's got to be iconic for him. So, <laughs> all right, Chris, what do you think about this one? <laughs> you know, I get a real uh, load era Metallica vibe from this song. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I can hear uh, that. And, and I think even Barlow sounds a little bit like Hetfield in this song with his vocals. 
Uh, I, I really did. It, I don't know why. I guess it's because it's kind of 90s Metallica, and it just kind of has that 90s metal vibe to it. Right. Uh, the really good harmonizing guitars in this song, and the rhythm section pushes it very well. Solid opener. I didn't realize it was iconic. I gave it an 8 for great. Uh, cool. I think it's a great song, so I'll go with that. Fair enough. Let's go to track number two. It's called Melancholy, Holy Martyr. Chris, a little bit of listen to this. I love the slow start in this song. I think it uh, then spurs into a mid-pace rocker. I think it's an excellent one-two punch starting this album out. Um, it does allow the listener uh, a well-rounded taste of what Iced Earth is capable of in these two first two songs. I think it's an absolutely incredible song. I gave it a nine. I think it's excellent. Uh, Anthony, what do you think? Uh, well, you know, I like the flow between soft and fast, and uh, when they're blasting with full power, the song is heavy, loud, and bombastic. Three things I always look for in my, my metal songs. It's another killer guitar solo as well. You know, I actually initially fluctuate between seven and eight on this song, but it's trending a lot higher every time I hear it. So I'm sitting at an eight right now, but after hearing it tonight, I might be a little higher, but I won't <laughs> stick with what I gave it initially. Um, so Fair you know, I gave it an eight. So it might be an 8.5 right. by now. So getting closer to nine. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, what do you think about this one? I don't know about you guys, but I got kind of a uh, silent lucidity vibe to the beginning of that song with his vocals. Yeah, I could hear that. I don't know if you guys caught that or not when you're listening to it. And then it kicks in, and, and yeah, it's, it's a decent mid-tempo rocker. I thought the vocals harmonized well. And I think there's a, that guitar solo in there is a really good guitar solo. So I appreciated that. Um, I know what you mean, Anthony. I'll tell you the thing about this uh, album is uh, the more you listen to it, the better it gets. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's the case with a lot of this stuff. And it's good that we had that extra week where Jimmy was off right. to kind of to yeah. let this thing soak in a little more. Because I agree, I, I have a seven and a half written down here, but I think that might be a little low as well. I'm, I'm going to round that up to an eight as well. So I'm going to give this one an eight. Yeah, no, cause I listened to this one yesterday, and after listening to it after like a week of not listening to it, I was like, this is getting yeah, a lot more It's fun. better than, than a yeah, seven dude. and a half, so I'm going to give it an awesome. eight. Though. Yeah. Awesome. Mate. You know, eight in our book's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, this will bring us up to track number three. It's called Disciples of the Lie. Chris, a little listen to this one.
Oh yeah, oh yeah. Now this is a true thrasher. Fantastic riffage. Well played. I think it's a little bit off from the first two songs in my in my book. However, I still think it's an excellent track. I think this is a solid eight, and um, it is a powerful, powerful song. And uh, nothing like singing about going after a priest. All right, <laughs> Anthony, what do you think Man, about this it, one? I you know I love the song. It's heavy, thrashy. It pounds on your speakers like a maniac. It's got a great chorus. Might be my favorite on the album. And nice. it reminds me a lot of Disciples of the Watch by Testament. And if you can remind me of that band, I am all in. I mean, I put that oh, in yeah. my notes. It's an excellent song, man. I gave it a nine. Um, I also love that little breakdown around the two-minute mark. Um, was that a keyboard? I think as I were taking my notes, is that a keyboard? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> um, you know, I just love how the song flows. I mean, I don't mind dropping a nine on it. You know, it's only been played 27 times in concert. 57 all-time for them in concert, this song. That just, to me, is a ridiculous low number, man. It's, oh, yeah. that's, there's a couple of songs on here that should not even been in concert, and they're played in concert. And this <laughs> one's been only 27 times. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's a nine, man. It's so much like Testament. Uh, every time I hear it, I'm like, man, i got to go listen to some Testament now. So, <laughs> I'm glad it brought up some classic thrash. That's awesome. Chris, what do you yes. think about this one? Yeah, this is a another one I get another band vibe from. Uh, I, I get a Pantera vibe from this. Yeah, I think he sounds like a Anselmo in the vocals and the way that his guitar is just it just has that crunch to it like uh Dom Bag had back in the day. Uh and I do <laughs> that do as I say part and he's talking about the man of the cloth, I'm coming for you. I mean <laughs> what a great line. <laughs> I don't know what the what the history of that song is, but that's quite a line there. I didn't find it. Yeah, this one, on that one. This one, it, it grows on, on you. Uh, man, I tell you, I, I, like I said in the previous song, I, I have a seven and a half here as well, but I think it's more of an eight as well. So I'm, I'm, I might be rounding a few up tonight. I think they kind of grow on you over time. <laughs> yeah, this is a rocking well. song. I mean, I don't know how you can't like think this is rocking. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm giving it an eight. Hey, fair enough, fair enough. Now that's going to bring us up to track number four. It's called Watching Over Me. Chris, go ahead. Emotional and heartfelt. This is absolutely a great intro and course in this song, singable both lyrically and musically. If you've ever lost a friend or someone close to you in life, lyrically this will make you think back on that and they'll hit you right in the chest. Song based on a best friend of uh, Schaefer dying in a motorcycle accident. Hmm. And um, 
honestly, this is one of the most, um, and I don't know what the plays on this one is, Anthony. This song is iconic. I don't care what anybody says. It's absolutely a 10 in this book, and it is fantastic. One of the songs I do know how to play on guitar, and I when I did see them live, I screamed for them, let me play the song with them. <laughs> they wouldn't how go did they go? crap. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, it's all good. It's all good. All right, 10. Anthony, what did you think about watching yeah, it with me? Um, his friend's name was Bill Blackman. I wrote that down. I found the note on that this week. Um, and he helped. Uh, it said it. he inspired the name Iced Earth. So yeah. that was, that was a pretty close, neat little man. fact, too. He was so, close. So, but anyways, man, my opening line says Ballot Boy is digging this one. It's a great song from start to finish. I love how it ebbs and flows. Heavy guitars, great vocals. Pounding drums. And the band really does handle the fast to slow and slow to fast transitions with ease. Um, this song is a 10 for me too, man. It's iconic. It's number three all time in concert. So it's not number two. How many um, plays there? 361 plays for yeah. this one. So it's a so big you're holding one. up three fingers early. And I was like, they've only played that three times. No, nah, way. I didn't <laughs> you can, <laughs> man, you can listen to this song and you know, oh it's God. a heavy rotation song, just the way yeah. it sounds. So, so anyways, man, yeah, I gave it a 10, man. It's iconic. It's a big one. Yeah, for him. I agree. I mean, I agree. I've heard this one before we even did this album, for goodness sake. So, I mean, on my playlist off and on. So, awesome. Huge. Awesome. Chris, what do you think about watching over me? I feel stupid because I'm, again, I'm not aware of the iconic status of this song. I think it's a really good song. And of, of all the ones we've heard so far, I'd say it's the most like radio friendly song, if you will. Right. Uh, I'm not sure if they release this as a single or not. I don't know how these guys operate when it comes to stuff like that. No single, sir. Okay, I didn't think so. Anyway, the chorus is really good. Um, and I'll tell you, I kind of had this uh, thought when we started listening to this tonight. Uh, you know who these guys kind of remind me of a little bit? Uh, All That Remains. We uh, we reviewed them uh, uh, back be- a long time ago before we started this Audible <laughs> Ecstasy podcast. YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> Many years ago. Uh, don't look it up. I'm sure it's terrible. But the one thing that they're stuck with me about All That Remains is they can have like a, a kind of like a catchy radio song and then the very next is like, you know, kind of stuff. And, and okay, I don't guess Ice Earth is quite that heavy. But uh, but they do kind of like kind of they're all over the place with with what style we get coming out there. Uh, I gave it an eight and I feel bad for it because it's probably a better song than that. And I didn't realize it was iconic. I didn't know the history behind it. That's a great uh, the history behind it. Probably should bump it as well. So, you know, I'm just going to give it a nine. The hell it up. <laughs> I'm going to round it up because I didn't know any of the history behind that. So, uh, dude, and I feel bad what? for giving it an eight now. You don't have to apologize. It's just how the song yeah. hits you, man. And, I, I, you know, you're giving it an honest view. I've been listening to this record since 99. So yeah. it's kind of hard for me not to be biased toward it. However, you know what? You're given a true taste first listening. Like Anthony said, he's heard it over the years. You know, he yeah. knew this song before he knew this album. So that just tells you mm-hmm. something about it. But, uh, dude, it's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Now, does this bring us up to uh, track number five? It's called Standalone. Chris, a little listen to this one. Stand alone, stand alone, hear what I say. 
Yet another Thrasher, impactful riffing throughout. This right here has a hint of Blackened by Metallica. Yeah. If you guys go back and listen to that song, that riff is very, very close to that. And it's a nod nod in the way of the great Metallica. Um, I think, and I'm going to tell you, I say it over and over again, but uh, John Schaefer is one of the tightest right hands in the business. His riffing is incredible. I mean, impactful. This song rocks throughout. I think it's great. I gave it an eight. Anthony, what do you think about it? Man, I just love how this song starts, you know, right to the point. It starts blasting and it never lets up. Um, I'm kind of stunned that a band can put out a music like this in the late 90s. Um, this is the kind of song that is straight out of the thrash days of the 80s. The drums, you know, are killing it. The vocals, the guitars. I mean, I, I wrote it's one big pile of goodness <laughs> in my notes. Um, I'm, I'm dropping a nine on it. You know, I love that. Oh, wow. I love that chorus when Matt says stand alone. The band comes in stand alone. Sound a lot like anthrax there for a few minutes. Wow. I love that man. Um, you know, so it's it's a decent one for them in concert. It was twenty three times in concert, so fairly almost in the top twenty. So oh, I guess wow. they like okay. this one a lot too. So Awesome, yeah. awesome. Well, Chris, what do you think about stand alone? I agree with you, Jimmy. I also wrote in my notes there. It kinda has back to that uh, early that early nineties Metallica sound in the guitars and and, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't really like this as, as much as some of the earlier ones. I think it's a pretty good song. I gave it a seven and a half. I think yeah, that's cool. between very good and great. Yeah, Instrumentally, it's solid. Uh, lyrics were kind of basic on this one, but still, it was, it was, a, it was a really good song. And, again, the rhythm section. Uh, bass and the drums, I don't, I don't know how much love we're giving those tonight, but I think they, they push these songs really well. So, they do. Yeah. Cool, man. I, I'm kind of I'm kind of glad you're digging it. But uh, let's go to track number six. It's called Consequences. Slow it down and play it, Chris. Now, the reason why I picked what I did to play on this one is because I think the guitar work is the only reason why this song is as high as it is on my, as, as, as my ranking is going to be. Agreed. I like the, I do like the, um, the peaceful acoustic opening. I think it's vocally soothing. However, I think this is probably the weakest track on the record. Um, nope. I was torn six and a half and a seven. I went ahead and leaned to seven simply because of the guitar work. I think it's very good, but you know what? It, maybe it should have stayed somewhere between good and very good, at least in my opinion. Um, Anthony, what did you think about Consequences? 
Uh, you know, I wrote it has that grungy, depressing sound to it that I personally find irritating. And I don't know if I could be a big fan of it for that reason. But it, around the 10-minute mark, when it kicks into that jam again like you guys played, it's pretty solid. And then it goes back to that flannel depressing grunge again, which drives me absolutely nuts. So I cannot really get my feelings on this song at all. It, it's a hit or miss for me. But I still put a 6.5 on it because I think they did enough good stuff in the song to give me right. kind of a decent rating. But you got to get rid of that grunge crap, man. That's just ruins a great song. So I'm going mm-hmm. with the 6.5 for now. It's not the worst song on the album, though. There's one that's actually worse. Right. Well, it's, it's, there is one that's worse. <laughs> yeah, there's one that's close to this one, absolutely. All right. Chris, what do you think about consequences? Yeah, you know, I, I agree with Anthony, except my score is a little lower than his. Uh, pretty much verbatim, I could say what he said. Uh, I that it's a very dated song, and it has that late nineties hinder, uh, seether, whatever the hell you want to call Saliva. it, shit sound to it. <laughs> that in, in the in the slow parts, but. Yeah, Once it, it kicks rocks. in, it's a good song. And we cap, you know, Jimmy, I noticed you had me pull the, the good part of this song. When oh, yeah. <laughs> I There's a reason. Uh, that's about all I got to say. It's a meh for me. I gave it a five. Okay. Oh. Yeah. And, and I mean, look, it's this is a good album. And, and I'm going to, near the end here, the 13 songs on this, I probably should have cut a few out. This was definitely one that should have been cut out, but. I mean, we've got some great songs early on, and to like slow it down and have that dated '90s sound. And I know this came out of the late '90s, so it's gonna, yeah, you know, they're probably influenced by some of that stuff that was going on. And I get that, but uh, sure, yeah, for me, it's a man. All right, it's cool, man. That's no problem. All right, we're going to go to track number seven. It's called "My Own Savior." Chris, a little listen to this. I think this is it's got excellent harmony, excellent speed. It's got a fantastic rocking vibe. It's a thrash tune. It certainly is registering under the riff mastery in my book. Fantastic drumming in the background as well. I think it's a it's a pretty darn good song. I found this one to be a seven and a half in my book. I was torn between very Too good long. and great, and that's where I'm going to stand. <laughs> Anthony, what do you think? I wrote. Uh, I love how this one comes in back to heavy, loud, and fast. Dusting off the grungy vibe of the last song with pure thrash. My next note says, yes, yes, yes. This is what I want for my earth. Bring me the power. Bring me the fury. Let the speakers bleed from too much volume. It's got a killer guitar solo, soaring vocals. Drums are amazing. I'm putting a nine on this bad boy. Um, it's an excellent nice. song. And you know, it's number five all time for him too. So they, they respect wow. it a lot too. Yeah. 295 times. So these guys 
know what they've got in this song. So I bet you it's nuts when the pit kicks in on this song too. I bet you it's <laughs> it's madness. Oh, uh, so. I remember getting bloodied up a little bit. Not really bloodied, you know. I was I was still pretty old when I was. <laughs> That's slavery, like man. creating the blood from somebody else's nose. <laughs> you only get bloody in slavery shows. You know? <laughs> that's that's a fictional statement, sir. Fictional. All right, Chris. Chris, what do you think about my own savior? Yeah, Anthony. He he basically said my thoughts too. Uh, he was a little more eloquent than I'm probably going to be with with his words, but. Uh, yeah, so we, we we get that 90s dated stuff out of the way and we come back into a timeless rocker on this song. Mm-hmm. Love the pulsating drive on it. Uh, the riffs are solid. The vocals are great. Um, yeah, I actually might be my favorite song on the album. I think yeah. I gave it a nine as well. I love it. I think it's a good. great... I mean, you talk about going from like bad to good fast. I mean, they put that behind them and yeah. just moved right on. And th- then we got a good stretch of songs right after that too, so... Well, except for the next well, one. Well, maybe. <laughs> well, <okay>. All right. <laughs> it brings us up to track number eight. It's called Reaping Stone. Chris, a little listen to this one. Toilet flush right now. That's all I hear. Someone groaning in the bathroom. this might be the best I star song ever written yeah whatever <laughs> sure no, sounds kidding. like a man has right. got a backup on it man when he's in the bathroom he can't get out okay. of it in five minutes man so needless to say <laughs> this is a slow droning style thrash uh, you know vocals are good it's not my favorite it's still it's decent in my book 6.5 Anthony what do you think ah uh, man I to read my notes it's a song even worth me reading my notes um, I, I, I want to hear your notes yes go ahead <laughs> It's not that bad though, but and I said, and we are back to grunge. I don't like to be a negative person. You guys know me; I'm not very negative. But this song has '90s written all over it. Just I hate that grungy downtune sound. But there are parts I do like. The chorus is good. The guitars shine, and the guitar work pushed us up from a 5.5 to a six for me. And that is a very kind six. The guitars and the, everything really helped to make this one, you know, what it is for me. Um, like I said, I probably should have gone with a 5.5, but the guitars, it's around that two minute mark when it kicks back in, which really works for me. And then you go back to the crunchy stuff again. I'm like, geez, guys, just make your daggone mind up. Um, maybe lose this one in consequences and you got a tighter, more consistent album in my mind. And ironically enough, consequences and this song was never, were never played in concert. So maybe the band themselves thought maybe that those two songs weren't, strong enough to be played on the show so i thought it was kind of funny the two songs i think they should cut or two they never played live so 
I think it kind of says something, but I'll go with a kind six because they do rock out with some good stuff in that song, but eh, kind of easy to kind of just move on sometimes. So right on, man, right on. Like I said, it ain't the best. It Chris, what do you think about it? You know, it's funny. Uh, I know this is grunge influenced music, but I think I, I the stuff I like I dislike more is like slow acoustic down tune <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Uh, this thing rocks. I mean, say what you will about it, but those riffs are heavy, and they just come know, in like, chin, 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 chin. I mean, that's to me, that's better than than the previous stuff. And, and I'll tell you, this also has like a far beyond driven Pantera vibe to me. I could, I, I think they have a few songs on that album kind of like this. I don't think it's as bad as you guys think it is. I gave it an eight. I think it rocks. Now I know it's grunge, and I don't hate grunge. I, I don't like like acoustic kind of grunge that. There's a there's different well, kinds of grunge and and I don't think this is the bad kind personally, uh, and the I mean, yeah the guitars are just so heavy in this man I mean that to me that drives it up I get the vocals I didn't really care for that middle the chorus yeah. wasn't bad but like when he's like I know what you mean a little he's bit maybe I was a little high on that but I did love that that <laughs> crunch to that guitar that just like yeah, kicked right. in there yeah so I don't know I was oh, a dude, high maybe, hit, but I gave it an eight I'm just glad I hit a nerve with you that's, that's pretty cool yeah. man it's just that, you know, I've listened to it so much over the years. It is dated. And it is, well, it, this, granted, you know, grunge, we talked grunge in the 90s. This was recorded in the 90s. Uh, yeah, so beware. This was a 90s album. So, yeah. Um, but nonetheless, I'm glad you liked it. Anthony, I'm on the same page with you on this one. I think, it, <laughs> you know what? The two songs that I would consider filler, we've already listened to. We can go ahead and get them off. What was but the other one? What was the other one you considered filler? Probably consequences. Or consequences, or consequences, consequences, dude. Consequences. Okay. So you yeah. agree with me? Those two should have been. Yeah. Good. It's those two. If they hadn't put the, and, and I realistically, I understand between those two songs, there's basically what? 10 minutes. That's 10 yeah. minutes. You could have saved on this record. And I realize this is the CD era and you got to get at least an hour in. Right. But I think they could, this song, this album would have been that much more stronger in my opinion. I mean, you don't have to get an hour in, but <laughs> well, believe me, once CDs became the thing, an hour was the goal. Everybody so when was get that 60 minutes in. Was Raining Blood '86? That was right before CDs. Yeah, it was. Uh, that's yeah, like it was 30 way. minutes. <laughs> yeah. When they started doing this, was like early '90s. When they started making these albums go like oh, an after, over an hour. I, think. I didn't I realize that was a thing. Yeah, yeah like man. It. All right, let's get it going. Track number nine. It's called "1776." Chris, a little listen. <laughs> asking where are the lyrics in this song this one's instrumental guys and i'll tell you what i think it's an excellent outstanding instrumental this song sounds like it's absolutely patriotic like you're getting ready to go off to war 
There is so much power in this tune. I love it. I think it's a solid nine. I think it's excellent. It's one of the better songs on this record, in my opinion. I love it. Anthony, what do you think about 1776? Yeah, I wrote that. I love this instrumental song. It's thrashy, groovy. Like you said, Jimmy, I feel like I'm marching off to battle, and I think that's what it was meant to be. I mean, this is when the Declaration of Independence was signed in 1776. So I don't think that's a coincidence, given what we know now by the guitar player. Anyways, I'm digging this one. I'm putting an eight on it, and yeah, so I'm getting an eight, man. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, Chris, what are your thoughts, 1776? Yeah, I like this one a lot. I think it's a great instrumental track. I love the harmonizing guitars. The rhythm section is just fantastic. Keeps up with with uh, the guitars really well. And this one, I don't know. Did you guys get like a little Iron Maiden vibe to this? Oh, absolutely. Guitars? Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, that's kind of what I felt too. I mean, I, you guys are bigger uh, experts when it comes to that than me, I mean, so I wanted to defer to the experts there. But yeah, I, I think it's a nine. I get. I think it's excellent. Yeah, it's fantastic. one of my favorite songs on the I album. Mean, Maiden and Iced Earth are playing in the same pool anyways. They're in that same genre anyways. So it does, it yeah. makes sense they'd sound that way. So Absolutely. Yeah. And they're definitely influenced, so for sure. All right. Well, let's go to track number 10. It's called Blessed Are You. Chris. This song is the beginning of the the end of this record. The last four songs are tied together in the same theme. This is the start of it. I think that, in my opinion, Blessed Are You is absolutely a very good, memorable, easy-to-get-into song. And I think it's a decent start, although it's not my favorite of the next four tracks. I think it's pretty strong at a a 7.5. I think it's between very good and great. Anthony, what do you think about Blessed Are You? Yeah, I wrote that. I, I like the acoustic intro. You know, it doesn't sound grungy at all. So this is kind of a nice way to do it. You don't sound very grungy this way. It actually sounds like a little bit like Queen's Rack to me at the start. Oh, it's going to get closer. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I said it ain't a bad band to be compared to. Uh, after that song, the song drops this incredible heavy beat around the one minute mark and really helps to raise this song up. And then when they drop back to the ballad uh, part of the song, it never really loses anything. You know, I gave it an eight overall so i think it's a solid song and like i said that's the way i like the slow stuff to sound you know in these songs i don't like that grungy sound i like this kind of power ballady kind of song you know this power metal sound so i gave it an eight man i'm digging it cool chris what do you think about blessed are you i agree with the the queens right and you know early on i said one that kind of reminded me of silent lucidity with his vocals there Mm -hmm. He does kind of, when he slows it down, have a little bit of Jeff Tate uh, vibe to his voice there. Uh, yeah, this is a pretty good song. Uh, it's kind of middle of the road for me. Uh, 
I kind of agree with you guys. I, not quite Anthony as much. I wouldn't give it an eight, but I gave it a seven. I think it's a very good song. Uh, and I'll tell you this: I actually when they when they when they like kick in with the background vocals as well as I guess it's whoever's singing background vocals. I almost get a little Kiss vibe from it. It's kind of got that baritone yeah. sound it, with their their right. vocals. He does sound like uh, Paul Stanley a couple of yeah, times. Yeah, definitely. Too. I get he, some Paul yeah. and even some Gene in the, in the <laughs> vocals there. I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. They probably would take that as an insult, but <laughs> regardless, I, that's kind of what I hear. Kiss is yeah. held in pretty high regard in a lot, in a lot of circles. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't they, think they're the best vocalists in the world, but they have some fun songs. They so influenced kinda... a lot of bands, even grunge yeah. bands. They influenced, guessed it. So well, I can see All that. Right, boys, moving forward to track number eleven, it's called "Prophecy." Chris, what do you think about this one? Throw it out. <laughs> starting to get a little aggressive this song and I, and I was really torn I kind of wanted to put some of the story into this but with lyrically but the solo on this song is the best solo on this record I mean it's absolutely the fastest solo on the record um, I think that um, <clears throat> this is just absolutely a good blend of speed melody and the story's getting darker it's about uh, it's about what the world was supposed to be and this song talks about what what had been happening throughout the years, you know, referencing the history of, you know, of uh, Christ and uh, JFK and um, referencing back the disciples of the watch, ensuring that they're coming to take care of business and it's going to end and they're never going to stop. So I kind of like it. The story is starting to unfold. And I think this one is solid in my book. I gave it an eight. Anthony, what do you think about prophecy? Yeah, I wrote that. It sounds a bit like Maiden as this one comes in. You know, oh, yeah. I, I, Oh yeah. Got that in yeah. my notes too. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy the build, the vibe, the way this one ebbs and flows. Matt sounds great on vocals. Drums and guitars are solid. I love the story they're starting to build, like you said, Jimmy, that leads into the next two songs. That bass is amazing around the two forty mark. So oh, yeah. cool the way this song sheds that slow start and starts thrashing again. I'm digging this one, man. I gave it an eight point five, so hey, really digging awesome. it. So Fantastic, fantastic. Chris, what do you think about prophecy? I really it's kinda kinda have the same feeling on this one as I did the last one, although I think it's maybe a little a tad better than the last song. It's very uh power metal y, if you will, in those guitar <laughs> riffs. I don't know if that's a word or not, but I'm gonna make it, we'll one make it a word. Yeah. And, and <laughs> that that guitar solo, like you said, Jimmy, maybe one of the best on the album, so you gotta give him props for that. Probably a little low. I said seven and a half. I'm going to run out to an eight. What the heck? I've been oh, cool. running tonight. But uh, yeah, it's it's a great, 
great. I mean, it's, that's what eight is great in our uh, yeah. reviews. Oh, yeah. so. it, it is. It is. That's awesome, man. All right. Going to track number 12. It's called Birth of the Wicked. A little listen to this one, Chris. telling you the songs are starting to pummel now and they're letting you know the story is intense the i guess the antichrist or the the disciple of the watch has been born and brought upon us and he's come (laughs) to destroy it all nonetheless harmonizing riffs are incredible if this (laughs) if you like guitar and you like thrashing this is your song man Uh, it's honestly an incredible tune i was torn between an eight and a nine I'm going to keep an eight because I'm going to fanboy in a second. So I'm going to go with an eight for now. <laughs> that last song was amazing. <laughs> Anthony, what do you think about Birth of the Wicked? Yeah, you know, it's another reason why I love metal. I love the way they build stories and stuff in their music. You know, like I keep thinking of Seventh Son with Seventh Son Byron Maiden, you know, that album, that whole concept album. You know, just, you don't get country artists or pop artists doing concept albums like that. I love <laughs> it, man. As a storyteller myself, I love stories. So. I love when the bands do that. But yeah, man, it's just loud, thrashy. It's full of all those things I love in metal. Um, I gave it an 8.5, and it's only going higher the more I hear it. it it's an amazing song. That's awesome. So, yeah. 8. Dude, I'm 5. glad you like that one. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Chris, what did you think of Birth of the Wicked? Yeah, I agree with you guys. And I've noticed here this uh, this album, there's a st- steady progression upward as we go. Every song is getting a little better than the last. And... We'll continue through to the end of this album, uh, but this is this is a great song. Actually, I, I gave it eight and a half as far as my score goes, and uh, I think you know it's a, just a little tick up from the previous songs. I love the the uh, just the harmonizing guitars in this thing, and it's just I don't know, it's a solid rocking song. I mean, just that clip we played there, it just it was so good. Those guitars at the end of that thing, man. I mean, their tone is fantastic. Uh, yeah, eight and a half for me. I think it's between great and excellent. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. All right. That brings us to the final song. It's called The Coming Curse. Chris, a little listen.
love it. Love it. All right, guys. So this is the final song. And lyrically, it's basically the man is here and he's taken over and he's going to slaughter them all. <laughs> I think that this is uh, so metal, one of the most man. epic closing songs we have ever listened to. That piano intro, the little calm before the storm, if you will. Lyrically, I, I was I didn't know where to go with on the uh, picking the picking the place for the track, but I probably should have picked the last uh, section where it goes: "Hellfire rages in my eyes, blood will fall like rain this night. The coming curse, nice. the Antichrist. I am the Watcher's eye. I vindicate." <laughs> And cleanse the earth of all mankind, man. Nice little fairy <laughs> that tale. That is there. dark, dark stuff right there. <laughs> That's some heavy That's stuff. That's a little bit of story there, isn't it? <laughs> hey kids, how are y'all doing? Prepare to die. All right. Nonetheless, I think honestly, this is this is actually is my favorite song. This whole this record. I've always loved this one. Um, at nine and a half minutes, it's it like two like songs it. in one. Yeah, it's pretty long. Granted, the last four songs all play a part together. But this song is fantastic. I love it. I gave it a nine and a half. I know that this one has only been played. What, what's the placement on this one, Anthony? Did you look that up? I, I'm curious number, because. Number 13, 174 yeah, I, times. I, I saw him play it twice. <laughs> so I've seen him three times. So yeah, I, I was just curious if it was high up there. All right. Well, nine, nine and a half for me. Anthony, what do you think? Uh, yeah, man. I love how this one comes in with that creepy piano. Like it's building something very ominous. You know, as a horror guy, I'm into that. It's also an epic song, which I love. I just love epic songs. Then about 1.30, we get that massive wall of ice earth sound blasting out across the speakers. Oh, yeah. Love that as well. We also get the conclusion of the story, which is also great. The drums in this song, man, I don't know how this guy's legs aren't tired of playing this I'm glad song. glad you mentioned that because he needs more yeah. love. Yeah. That, yeah. that double kick he's doing, man, it's like, ah, <laughs> blasting through my head. But then, you know, around the... Five minute mark, it drops down to acoustic with Matt singing that crazy chant going on. I mean, that's crazy. It closes with a really cool, creepy chant. I mean, I'm putting a nine on this bad boy, but awesome. I feel like putting a nine point five. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to nine point five tonight, man. <laughs> this song is freaking awesome. It's it's number two probably on the down for me. Maybe tied with the other one for number one. So nice. this is an amazing song. So hey, dude, yeah. I'm giddy. Thanks. And Chris also, before Chris <laughs> gets into that, um, I wrote this little anything else I, I might found. say. <laughs> no, no, no. It was, uh, He's pretty much said everything I'm going to say anyway. Sorry, so keep man, going, please. Sorry, this is an amazing song. <laughs> uh, they said, uh, let me see, my notes said, uh, when we, the last three songs, Prophecy, Birth of Wicked, and The Coming Curse, make up the Something Wicked trilogy, which introduces the central figure of the saga, Set Abinay, um, who also appears on the album's cover. So the guy right. on the cover is the one this is setting up for. So I guess he's the coming curse. So yeah, well he's their little Eddie. He's on yeah, all the so covers. I can't pronounce <laughs> his last his name. They said said Abomine. Abomine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So Hence I thought that was a neat little fact. So yeah. Uh, no, your turn, Chris. Chris, go ahead. Take off, <laughs> sir. Take off. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, this is a great way to close the album. I agree with you guys. Uh, it's. It's just a rocking song. It's it's pretty long. I, I you know nine and a half minutes was it something like that? Yeah, that's a long time for a song. So maybe they could have cut a little bit of that out somewhere. Yeah, but it is a great never, rocking never, song. Never. And I'm glad you mentioned that drummer because I didn't think about was going to. And man, that double kick drum he's got going on through that song just oh man, <laughs> he's very good and that needs to be noticed as well. 
Yeah, I love the tempo. Love the chorus. It's just it's such a singable chorus. It just absolutely rocks. I gave it a nine and a half as well. I think it's a great way to close this album. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, um, we're going to go with the overview of the record here. First of all, my choice, my pick, my numbers came out to an 8.3 overall. And I think this is a solid eight and a half in my book. I'm going to bump mine up to eight and a half. Because if you take out the two songs I didn't care for, which is the, uh, what is it, the Reaping Stone and Consequences, yeah, you take those two out, and mine is an eight and a half. I mean, straight up, maybe even higher, I, you know. Um, I think this is by far one of their greatest albums they've released, in my opinion. And this isn't the one I discovered. The one before that was, uh, the album before this was called The Dark Saga. That's when I discovered Iced Earth. And when this one came out, I was just like absolutely blown away. And we all talk about, at least I talk about the Desert album. This is a Desert Island album for me if we were to take 10. This would be my top 10. (laughs) That's how much I love this record. (laughs) It's not not top five because I've got some great ones in my top five. And I'm not saying this is not a great record, but I love this record. I've had the pleasure to meet and greet this band multiple occasions. Um... I was able to have a conversation with Schaefer because I'm a guitar guy and Barlow because I love his vocals. Yeah. Both guys were absolutely down to earth and were as personable as can be. Now I will say this. I did reach out to Barlow for uh, an interview and, and I realized, man, he's, he's doing his own thing with Pyramids and, and a couple other bands. But, um, and of course I'm, he may still be doing the police work, but you know what? You know, we're trying to start us. I'm trying to start a segment with like five minutes with, and just ask, you know, four or five, six questions to uh, to somebody that does music. And I've got some contacts out there that I'm, I've been working with trying to get something set up for us, guys. So we can bring a little little something extra maybe to some reviews as we go forward. But we'll see how it goes. I uh, I did have the contact information for, for Schaefer for a long time. Uh, and obviously I can't get in touch with him right now. But uh, <laughs> I thought not. about trying. It'd be like uh, uh, cereal. Did you guys ever watch a uh, call from the so-and-so correctional facility? <laughs> right. <laughs> But nonetheless, I love these guys. I love this band. I think they're fantastic. And I think this is by far a stellar record. And it's not even as good as the next record, which is called Horror Show. All right. That's my two cents worth. I'm going eight and a half. Anthony, what'd you think? Okay. I got a little bit of a few notes here. I'm going to read out real quick. But, you know, this album is actually the has the most songs played live. So this was like their heaviest played album in concert. Uh, like only two songs of this album haven't been played in concert, so that's pretty crazy to think about. Wow. So, yeah. So I I found this on uh, I guess Wikipedia. Um, Something wicked this way comes is the fifth studio album, of course by Ice Earth, released June twenty second, nineteen eighty eight. It was the band's first album to feature bassist James McDonough and guitarist Larry Tarnowski, and is the only Ice Earth album to be solely produced by Jim Morris, who has worked with the band. It was. 1998, not 88. Oh, that's the 88? Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. 98, dude, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's fine, that's fine, yeah. It's fine. 98, sir. They got their start in the 80s, technically, but... Uh, right. Yeah, but anyways, Iced Earth formed in Tampa, Florida, and is currently based out of Columbus, Indiana. They were formed in 1984 under the name The Rose, then Purgatory, by guitarist and main songwriter John Schaefer and original drummer Greg Seymour. Iced Earth released their debut album in 1990 and have since released 12 studio albums, four EPs, three compilations, three box sets, three live albums, and 11 music videos, all according to Wikipedia. Um, And I found this interesting, too. After their album Horror Show, Matt Barlow quit the band and joined the police force, like you said, Jimmy, 
of the police force, while I started continued on with Tim Ripper Owens, who actually stepped in for Rob Halford when Judas Priest left years ago. So it's kind of crazy. Um, with Owens, the band released a couple of albums in late 2007. Barla rejoined the band and they recorded one more album with him, The Crucible of Man. In 2011, Barla once again left Iced Earth and was replaced by Into Eternity frontman Stu Block. Dystopia Block's first album with the group was released that October. The album received a positive response. Um, and here's another crazy fact there have been over 30 musicians, and that's a three and an O, in and out of Iced Earth since it formed in 84. And Schaefer is, and the drummer, actually Schaefer is the only original member now. The drummer who's still left with him after everybody left him um, is not the original drummer. So he really only has two members left in Iced Earth right now after John got arrested. So with all that said, I'll take a breath. This album got a rating of 8.4, and I'm going to bump it up to an 8.5. It's a great album start to finish. Few blemishes. If you like metal and intense bands, and this is the album for you. So a little bit of information there I found was pretty interesting. So I thought I'd explain a little bit for a minute there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jimmy, you're muted just so you know. Right. I, I was going to say, give me your thoughts, man. I'm curious to see what you think. Yeah, I think, uh, I think so this album to me, like when these guys are rocking, it's fantastic. I mean, they're and most of the album they rock, so it's really good. Uh, I mean, there are parts there, 13 songs, probably too many. They could have cut this down to about 11 songs. And I agree with you on consequences. I would have cut that off the album. I kind of liked Reaping Stone a little more than you guys did, so I don't know if I would have cut that one. I'm not sure what the other one I would cut is. Uh, But, and I guess, you know, this thing is a storytelling album as well, so I guess guess it's integral to have these songs to to tell the story if that's what you're going for. So, I don't know. I I got a lot of shades of different bands, uh, all kind of influenced by the time, I think. I I definitely heard, heard some Metallica in there. And I heard some Pantera in there, and I heard some Iron Maiden in there, and I heard some Queensryche in there. And uh, I don't know who, who all their influences are, but that yet to me that's kind of a that's kind of a bad thing because when the whole time I'm like I'm not sure who they are trying to be. Sometimes you know what I mean. It's like they they're really good at, at imitating other bands, maybe to some degree. And I I know that sounds bad. I don't really mean it to be. I, I guess they're just influenced and and it, like one song. They just don't sound the same a lot of times, so it's hard to kind of get their sound. Do you know what I mean? But overall, it's a really good album. Uh, I don't know. I, I, my score is wrong because I've been tweaking this thing all night. I, I, <laughs> I didn't know this album when we started, and it took me a good two weeks to really absorb it. So I've kind of been rounding up. I'm going to give it eight and a half as well, like you guys. Oh, I think it's, it's an excellent yeah. album. And uh, it rocked, and, and the back half of this album is really good. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think eight and a half is fair for this one. Oh, excellent. You guys both kind of surprised me on your overalls. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, Jimmy, you know I like music like this. So. Yeah, this, this stuff rocks, man. I mean, let's just be honest. It really does. I didn't care for the, the grungy, uh, down-tuned acoustic stuff as far as that goes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, get away from that and it's pretty good. Yeah. All right. So here is the question for you tonight. Oh, God. Okay. Here we go. You ready? <laughs> I'm go ready. for it. <laughs> Should a band be judged? For a member's actions. When I say judged, drop from your music label. Stop being played. What are your thoughts, Anthony? Oh, man, I got to force some thoughts on that one. Um, yes and no. I mean, because at the same time, when you're a band, 
you have an image to uphold and you have a record label and people around you and however you act and your consequences, therefore, basically represent onto that record label, onto your band, onto your fans. It does fall back on you a little bit because now people listen to Ice Earth, they think of Schaefer and what he's done. It's tainted the band. And in some ways, maybe it might taint the fans a little bit too, because they're like, what kind of people follow a band like Eister who has a member that does something like that? You know, so I can see why maybe a, a record label would say, you know what, this band over here is just as good. They don't have their heads somewhere else. Let's go with these guys instead. Let's distance ourselves from this band, because this has got a lot of toxic nature going on there. And like when I said 30 members in and out of Iced Earth, and John Schaefer is the only original member that kind of gives you a little mindset of maybe I'm not going to judge the man because I don't know him personally, but that kind of gives you a little mindset of maybe well, the way he thinks and the way he is. And maybe that's why he's had so many people around him because he can't keep a lot of people close by. So maybe, you know, that's the reason why they are there now. I mean, people are just like a sinking ship. Everybody just jumped off when he got arrested. They're done. Right. Like the drummer is the only one that left. I'm not sure if he just didn't realize everybody was leaving or, <laughs> or if he's just a really good friend. He's like sitting around going, where'd everybody go? You know, so I don't know right. exactly what happened. Right. So, but yeah, that's, that's my answer to it. Hey, Chris, what'd you think? What are, what are your thoughts on that? So what's the question again? It's a, I mean, should they be, should, should a band be judged for a member's actions? And, and basically, you know, they kicked off a record label. Uh, basically no radio play, things like that. I mean, what what are your thoughts? Well, I'm not a fan of cancel culture for sure, and there's way too much that goes on in this country right now. Uh, That said, uh, no, you know, this doesn't – I don't think these guys are trying to be uh, like uh, in – I don't think they're trying to – what's the word I'm looking for? They're not the kind of guys out there trying to be – you know, something that little kids look up to or something like that. You know what I mean? I, it's not like certain, I can see kind of actors and movies, mainstream kind of stuff. These guys aren't mainstream. And if you seek it out, you like it for the music, not for, uh, some political stance one way or the other, I think. So I don't know. I, this is a tough question. I see what Anthony says too, because like, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, if you're a record label and, like you said, if you got two bands here and you're like, well, they are very talented and they've probably got a fan base built up too, I'd imagine. I don't know they quite do. know how they're probably not playing arenas or anything, but I bet they pack nightclubs when they play them pretty, pretty consistently. So yeah, I don't know. That's a tough question. I, I'm just not a fan of cancel culture and I feel like there's too much of that in this country. And, uh, and I do think sometimes people are just in the wrong place at the wrong time and maybe they shouldn't be held accountable for that. Uh, I don't know with this situation if that's the case or not, but, uh, uh, sometimes uh, until people make a statement, I kind of like to give them the benefit of the doubt. And right, that's right, gone yeah. out the window in this country now. So I get it. I um, I don't know what the right answer is, but I'm going to give you two examples out of probably forty that I was able to think of in the past couple of weeks. Okay. What happened to uh, Vince Neil when he killed somebody? Oh, completely. Not a damn thing. Yeah. Served some time. What happened to Michael Jackson when he was actually accused of? being a pedophile and having children and touching and all these kids coming out. Not a damn thing. And you want to talk about somebody in pop culture. He was the biggest artist of all time during a small time span there. So I think that sometimes you're judged. Cancel culture is what caused Schaefer to go through what he had to go through right now, Chris. 
Yeah. Because he's a, yeah, this is, a, I started, I promise you, we can, I can go to work right now and maybe two people I work with know what they are only because they're metalheads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. I, I just think it's weird. And of course his name's all over the news because he was identified as somebody that was in the uh, Capitol on yeah. this sixth yeah. or whatever day it was. Yeah. It was so it's, it's just weird to me that, you know, people pick their battles and whatever fits the time is the one to go after. I don't agree with Century Media at all. I think yeah. it's absolutely bad. They dropped, not only Iced Earth, they dropped Demons and Wizards. Yeah, they did too. I saw and, um, which is an outstanding band. They dropped Purgatory, which is the other band that, that Schaefer does uh, with his, you know, with some of his old friends. But um, yeah, man. Well, see. It's I mean, weird to me. That's all. I, I just think there's a, there's a balance of justice. And sometimes if you're, like Motley Crue was the biggest band in the world or the biggest, you know, hair band at the time whenever he killed the 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 guy from was it Hanoi Rocks? Yeah, Hanoi Rocks. Um, I think. Whenever he killed him, and of course, you know what? It was talked about briefly, and he did go to jail for a little while. But man, this guy drunk driving killed somebody. Yeah. Um. And then you're talking about didn't and speak. We can stay in the same band. Tommy Lee beat a girl half to death. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you know, it, it's a standard. Uh, all the guys from crew probably have something going. Maybe, probably not Mick Mars. He's Mick not. Mars is probably the only one. No. <laughs> But it's I was like, just saying, that's, that's what was going through my mind. I was like, man, if this had happened 30 years ago, would he be in the same boat? I don't think. I was. That's what I was going to say a minute ago, Jimmy. I don't think he would have because of social media. This yeah, happened in right. a time of social media. Michael Jackson crew, that happened in a time when if you got it through a hit parader or somebody like that, or what was the right. big metal magazine back then? That's where you would have heard about it. You would have heard about it online. So by the time it got to that point, the accident would have happened a month ago. <laughs> so it doesn't resonate as quickly, but now like Schaefer, they've got pictures on cell phones and blasting on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else. And, you know, it definitely helps to make you more of a pariah when you've got your image plastered so quickly and so fast, you don't even really get a chance to defend yourself. You're just basically accused right off the bat. Right. Of course he was there with bear mace, but it didn't help his case too much. But at the same time, you know, I think social media is a lot of the downfall of this too. You know, it it leads to a lot of negative stuff. I've been listening to a podcast. They've been talking about a lot of this stuff too and the way social media does things and the way the, right. the media does stuff these days. And it, it's interesting it's all, to, to- It's all to, knee-jerk reaction kind of stuff. It, it really is. is. Yeah. It really is. So, well, nonetheless, I did hear some good news about it this past, uh, past week. Um, it looks like um, he's got a pretty good attorney, and because the government has not filed a complaint and, and information on his indictment, they're seeking dismissal because he's been in jail 48 days, and you typically only have 30 days to file that while incarcerated. Right. So he might get out on this with no charges, and I hope that he's able to sue the crap out of Century Media <laughs> because yeah, he's right. going to be not guilty. Yeah. In the sense of things, and they fired him because of what he's guilty. What he's yeah. guilty. He's, of, he's, you know what I mean. He's not going to be able to sue, sue anybody. I don't think that's that, that usually. Uh, I mean, they just reported the facts of that case. Uh, that said, now his record label is the one that really. Here's the thing: if, if a fan says, "You know what? I don't want to follow this guy anymore for this," that's that's fine, and, and people should be able to do that. But I don't think record labels need to be picking sides immediately before right. all the case comes. I mean, he's never been, in, it's not even gone to trial, you know, that's the kind of thing. And I don't know. I, that looks I'd bad be curious taste. to see what happens if there's some kind of special circumstances, but I've been lucky enough to meet this guy. And I'm telling you guys, he's down to earth. He is patriotic. There's no denying it. Yeah. 
Now you can tell I by the, the lyrics of the, or every just looking at these titles on this. I mean, the whole thing reads off like a manifesto in a way. I, I mean, it's seventeen seventy six. For goodness' sakes, that's like yeah. spot on, right on the right. nose, man. Right. Well, boys, we're gonna wrap this thing up. It's been a it's been a good evening. I like. Uh, I'm glad we're through my record, but Chris, we're up to you next week. Is that correct? That's correct. ZZ we, Top. We do it next week. Brace. We're going yeah, we'll, we'll keep going next week. We can do it. Oh, well, the next recording, I should say. The next recording. Um, I didn't even think about bringing that up. For those who've made it this far, we may be cutting back on recordings to about every other week based on our schedules. Um, I've gone back to work full time. And, um, of course, coming off of sickness last week didn't help anything. But I have gone back to work full time. And and uh, we're just trying to prevent, you know, burnout, basically. Um, time is short. Uh, Chris puts a lot of work in on this thing. And, uh course he's uh spending you know a couple hours after this thing gets recorded every week and it's a lot of time from his family he's taken away and so we're we're going to try to move it on to maybe a little bit more friendlier and i'm not saying it's not going to be stuff in between like i said i'm going to try to do a little offshoot of a, a five minute or five minute interviews with some you know hopefully some musicians in the future that's that's one of my plans and um and kind of hopefully feel those off off weeks with something you know whether it be a five minute ten minute interview whatever it may be but we could uh, review some uh metal movies or something there's some good metal movies out there too <laughs> well i actually have thought about uh like you know i listen to the the heavy stuff and i that you guys would i never want to force you guys to listen to it. i thought about maybe doing some one-off you know solo reviews of records you know kind of going track by track real fast taking 10 minutes or something to review review it and let everybody know what i think because I'm, I'm lucky enough to still have access to pre-release stuff and a lot of music as both you guys know. Um, and I get to hear things sometimes, you know, a month before it gets released and sometimes just a couple of days. So um, I've been lucky and been blessed because of it. So I may, I may kick that into gear and try to use that uh, just for something to fill the, to fill the empty spaces there during the weeks, but we'll see how it goes. You know, I will tell you, I'm worn out going back to five days a week or <laughs> so. <laughs> That's I, I do miss my four day week now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anthony, what you got going on this week? Uh, I got a couple of songs by Ziggy Marley this week, man. I heard a song by him called uh, Beach, in, uh, Beach in Hawaii. Really fell in love with it. And uh, there's another one on that album called Love is My Religion, which I think is a really good song for this world right now. Love is My Religion. It's about trying to find some peace and sanity in chaotic times. So, wow. I'll get into those two this week. So, And uh, Nightlight Tales, talking about Mortuary Collection this weekend uh, from Shudder. It's a great little anthology you guys should check out if you got shutters. So wow. good stuff. So nice, nice. Well guys, for Audible XD Podcast, this is Jimmy. This is Chris. This is Anthony. And this is it. Thank you for listening to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Join us next week when we review Trace Ombres by ZZ Top. We'll see you then. <laughs>